0: This is the refinery church podcast each message is from our weekend service right here at our campus located in downtown brea california we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith We've entered the holiday season, whether you like it or not, right? The day after Halloween, I texted my husband, and I just sent the, the, like, the Grinch picture, and I was like, do you know what I want to do? And he's like, yeah, you want to decorate for Christmas. And I was like, yeah. Um, because in Southern California, there's no seasonal gauge for Christmas, in my opinion. So I just say, let's go for it. That's just where I land. So just so there's no question about that. So, but I think entering this season, um, we can... We can face, especially with kids, I don't know, I mean, it, maybe if you reference back when your kiddos were small, I have a toddler, I think there's one thing that mainly comes to mind, and for me, it's hurry, like, we gotta hurry, we gotta hurry to get stuff up, we gotta hurry to go get go shopping, we gotta hurry to get in the car and run errands, um, and, and, you know, some people might call it busyness, you know, but I think there's just this type of hurry that comes with, with this season. I was at Target the other day and I saw a sign that said Black Friday preview sale. And I was like, (laughs) marketing changes every year now where it's like, it's not just Black Friday anymore, which was already a preview. You guys know that, right? Like it was a preview for Christmas sales and they're like excited. Now it's like, no, there's preview Black Friday sales. And so they're just pushing it back further and further. And man, if there's anything that our culture says during this time it's like hurry hurry you don't want to miss a sale you don't want to you don't you want to be able to miss the crowds you want to be able to hurry and get a good parking spot and then on top of it i think what can add extra stress is dealing with kids you know you're like you have kids in tow and they're like god bless them they're so slow we i'm like come on come on you know and and, and cuz they it's just so sweet though they have no like mentality of of rush whatsoever and it's sweet they're just taking it in they love it and it really is endearing but it can be stressful at times as well and so i find myself crunched for time uh and in some way or another i think that we can all be affected by this hurry mentality i don't know about you but for me i think that we can be affected by that and i think one problem that uh one problem with hurry uh is that we're moving too fast and we may miss something, right? But I, I believe that the deeper problem of hurry exists in trying to function out of limited resources. And this is what I mean. Because when we, when we feel like we don't have enough time, which is a resource, we hurry, right? And so that's what I want to talk about today today. Um, is, is this this feeling of limited resources, this feeling of hurry and, and maybe how Jesus addresses this for us. you know? But when we are in that mentality where we don't have enough time, we look for shortcuts, right? Uh, we tend to overlook others and get ahead. I know that this last couple of weeks I've been just like going, going, going. And I've had moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, I hurt that person's feelings. Or oh my goodness, I missed this thing at work and I just completely spaced. Or you just start to like either let yourself down or others down. And, and it's just really unfortunate, right? (laughs) We can even have this me first mentality that can come as well. I was, I've been on a couple plane rides over the last couple months and I just have to laugh because no matter where anyone's sitting on the plane, what does everybody do the second we land? Everybody stands up like like if they're in the back of the plane, everyone's like, all right, my turn. It's time to get off the plane. You know, it could have been just like a 45 minute quick flight. But no, everybody needs to get out. It's this me first mentality. And I find myself being a culprit of that sometimes as well. Um, I'll admit as well that I on the freeway when there's two lanes to to go to the light. You guys know what I'm talking about to go up to the light and you've got to wait to merge onto the freeway. I'm looking for the shortest lane. I'm like, which lane is shorter because I'm going to beat this guy out, you know? It's like, <laughs> what is that, like a millisecond time? Like, it's, it's not that big of a deal, but I have this hurry mentality that can, that can take over. And many times, it forces us to make compromises. Maybe you can't make a stop. Uh, maybe you have to, you know, to say no to something that you would rather do. And, and maybe you have to let someone down. And it can really leave us being frustrated and disappointed. I've found myself there many times, too. It can affect our relationships, our attitudes, our day-to-day. And I honestly, I think, unfortunately, many times it's our relationship with Jesus that can be the first to be placed on the back burner, too, and we hurry. Um, We may end up having to make a decision where we feel like, okay, well, you know, we just can't go to church. We're just going to go to church, like, once or twice this month. That can sustain us, you know? (laughs) Um, You know, maybe it's that you're skipping devotionals or things like that that can, like, really pour into you. And Dallas Willard, a pastor and author, once called Hurry the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. And I have to agree. Because if the enemy can't get you to turn away completely from God, he'll want to steal your attention from him. Because he has come to steal, to kill, and destroy, right? He wants to to take that away from us. And so in light of this, would you open up your Bibles with me to John 6, 25 through 35? I always pull it up on my, I have my phone app, you know. So if you've got your phone on you, um, feel free to do that as well. I'm going to share with us uh, John 6, 25 through 35 in the Passion Translation. Um, Jesus, just to set this up for us, Jesus had just done a miracle where there was these crowds of people that have, have followed him and he, he, there was like 5,000 men and their families. So there's thousands of people that are there. He fed them bread and fish. He multiplied a short amount, a small amount of food and everybody was able to be fed and filled and then afterward, he went by himself to pray and just be by himself, and the crowds kind of dispersed a little bit, and the, his closer disciples um, were like, well, we don't know where he went, so we'll just go across the, the Sea of Galilee. And so they went across the lake, and the next morning, Jesus, or that night, Jesus had met them across the lake, and then the, the next morning, the crowds were looking for him again. They're like, where's that guy? Where, where? <laughs> that guy that fed us, really, is where did he go? And so they sought him out again. And they found that he was across the lake. They, like, put it together. So that's where we pick up in verse 25. It says, when they finally found him, they asked, teacher, how did you get here? And Jesus replied, let me make this very clear. You came looking for me because I fed you by a miracle, not because you believe in me. Why would you strive for food that's perishable and not be passionate to seek the food of eternal life, which never spoils I the son of man am ready to give you what matters most for God the father has destined me for this purpose. And they replied, so what should we so what should we do if we want to do God's work? And Jesus answered, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one he had sent. And they replied, okay, show us a miracle so we can see it. Then we'll believe in you. <laughs> Moses took care of our ancestors who were fed by the miracle of manna every day in the desert. Just like the scripture says, he fed them with bread from heaven. So what sign will you perform for us? Jesus already did a sign the day before, by the way. These are the same people. (laughs) 32, the truth is, Jesus said, Moses didn't give you the bread of heaven. It's my father who offers bread that comes as a dramatic sign from heaven. The bread of God is the one who came out of heaven to give his life to feed the world. Then please, sir, give us this bread every day, they replied. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. Believe in me and you will never be thirsty. Let's pray really quick together. Jesus, I thank you so much that you are the bread of life, God. I thank you that you're moving in this room already through worship and us focusing our sights on you, God. I know that there is a word that you want to share with us tonight, a fresh word, God, a transformative word. in our hearts, Lord, I pray that our hearts are ready to receive, God, what you have to say. I thank you for this incredible church. I pray a blessing over these people. And we give you all of our attention, Lord. Do what you want to do tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. So we have been going through our Jesus Is series and have looked at many roles and names uh, that Jesus is to us, and today I want to touch on a name that we haven't covered yet, and, and there are seven I Am statements made by Jesus that that John covers in his gospel, and those are I am the good shepherd. Maybe this will be familiar to you. Maybe you'll you'll recognize. So Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I am the gate or the door. I am the vine. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. And also, I am the bread of life. And he says that in John 6, which is what we just referenced. And so, well, where am I going with this? Why the hurry? Why this? I believe, actually, that our problem with hurry is addressed by Jesus as our bread of life. In that name, in that role, Jesus meets our need. But why bread? Why bread? You know, Jesus often spoke in parables, stories that, are, that illustrate a certain lesson, and oftentimes those listening had a veiled understanding of what Jesus was actually trying to communicate. And we see this with the scripture I shared earlier. We could kind of grasp through that, that they were kind of struggling to get what he was trying to say. So I want to look at this illustration of bread because I believe Jesus wants to encourage our hearts this evening and speak something to us through this name, the bread of life. When Jesus chose this name, I know he was being strategic. He's strategic in all that he was intentionally sharing with people. Bread, in all of its various forms, is the most widely consumed food in the world. And we all know, can we all just agree it's, like, delicious, you know? And I'm really, I I will apologize ahead of time if you're gluten-free. I'm so sorry, because we're just going to be talking about bread all night. Um, But, yeah, it's it's the most widely consumed food in the world. Bread without leavening is known as flatbread, and it's the most closely related to humankind's uh, first breads that they would have made. I mean, this is thousands and thousands of years ago. Examples of this would include um, pita, pita bread, naan. I love naan. Um, And then tortillas, my husband's favorite. (laughs) Uh, Every culture, if you think about it, has some form, right? We actually mentioned this last week as we took communion. Pastor Kelly brings this up. Every single culture has some representation of bread. And I love that. Leavening, or the adding of yeast, and and refining flour, both were ancient processes. Both are referenced in Scripture multiple times throughout the whole Bible. And in the Gospels, bread, or the Greek word artos, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I'm really sorry, but um, is used 57 times in the Synoptic Gospels. So that's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and 24 times in the Gospel of John, which is where we read. And I'm pretty sure that that's because of the discourse While he's talking to these followers who are asking him about this, so Jesus leans into this illustration quite often. Now, what I have here, I wanted to to share with you. I baked this bread today, this delicious loaf of bread. (laughs) Um, I hope it can waft your way, it smells so good. Um, (laughs) Some oil and some balsamic. But, um, I made this today and you can have some later if you'd like. Um, I love bread and I especially love fresh baked, homemade, crusty, homemade bread. I said homemade a lot, but, (laughs) uh, I used to be terrified of of baking bread or even trying to do it. I don't know if some of you can, like, feel that way as well. Um, But after doing it a couple times, I'm feeling a little bit more confident. I'm no expert by any means, really. Uh, But I do love to be able to tackle a new recipe and try it. But there's one thing that will usually keep me from making this delicious bread. It takes time, right? (laughs) Healthy bread, homemade bread takes time time. You can't hurry the process. And not only do I have to plan and prepare, like I have to have yeast in the cupboard. I got to make sure, you know, but you also need to, in the recipe itself, you have to add all the ingredients and then you have to let it rise. And I hate that part. You have to wait. (laughs) And it's not just like, oh, for just a little bit of time. It's like hours. So, and then even some recipes too, which I've I faced this today, are like, yeah, okay, now put it in the fridge overnight. So, like, you're just done with that recipe if you didn't plan ahead, you know, if you wanted it that day. So you're just, like, without bread. So um, there's certain recipes, of course, that that you can have rise a couple hours, but either way, you have to wait. You have to be patient, right? Then once it's risen, you have to do a couple other things, and then you have to still bake it. It's not done yet. (laughs) But when I have an afternoon, when I have time to be able to do it, when I plan ahead, man, it's just like the results are so satisfying. Your home smells so delicious. My husband appears out of nowhere, you know, and he's like, "Hey, smells great. Let's have some bread." Um, and it's just, it's just the best. It really is. It's just the best. And so I feel like this picture of bread. It just reminds me. It's like us with Jesus. When we slow down, when there's that margin in our lives, we can meet Jesus and see him clearer in our day. Now, these this crowd of followers that was talking with Jesus, they were kind of in a hurry, it sounds like. In verse 28, it says... That they had replied to him, so what should we do if we want to do God's work? And Jesus answered, the work you can do for God starts with just believing in the one he has sent. Which basically what he means is, have faith in me. In who I am. What I say. What I do. How I live. Have faith. Believe in me. And they replied, show us a miracle so we can see it. And then we'll believe in you. You see, they wanted a sign Because they wanted to hurry past a relationship. They wanted to take a shortcut so they didn't have to work out faith in relationship with Jesus. And it may seem obvious to us as the readers when we're reading this, like, yeah, they're dumb. Like, why are they missing out on this, you know? Sometimes I engage with the text like that in a very scholarly way. (laughs) But, man, haven't you been in a circumstance where you just wanted Jesus to just, I don't know, do a, answer a prayer already or do a miracle in your life or God, can't you just speak audibly to me so that I know that you're there and then I'll trust in you. Then I'll place my faith in you. Gosh, I've, I've been there before. But I think we can miss out on the very thing that we desire most when we treat our relationship with Jesus in this way. In fact, in verse 66, after this long discourse, I only shared with you like, what, 10 verses, but it goes on and on and on. He goes back and forth with these followers. And by verse 66, it says, from this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. Some people couldn't hang. (laughs) They just couldn't get on board. They just, they weren't getting it, and, and they weren't, they just, they couldn't do it. But Jesus wasn't concerned about being misunderstood. He sticks with the truth, and he keeps trying to help those who get it, right? And he, of course, loves those that, that walked away. He died for them, right? He died for all of us. But when we respond to him, when that light goes on and we realize our need for him, that our limited resources aren't enough, we create margin, and we run to him. We ask for him to speak, and we enlist that faith To believe in him, not only for eternal life, which is what he's talking about in this passage. Like, yes, believe in me. You'll have eternal life and salvation, but also meets our everyday needs. It's ongoing. It's, yes, that one-time salvation and eternal life, but also our needs day-to-day. This is the relationship that Jesus wants with us, that abundant life with him. And that, I think this is why he says that he's the bread of life. Verse 35 says, I am the bread of life. Come every day to me and you will never be hungry. He challenges us to look to him in faith, but there's still more than I think he wants to show us. And so there's... There's three more things that I want to share with you that's based off of bread. And so if you'll just kind of deal with me with this extreme illustration, I would love to continue to just kind of d- dive a little deeper with this. But the first of which is bread brings nourishment. Now, you know, some of you are like, no, carbs are bad and like, oh, you know, this whole thing. But listen, <laughs> carbs aren't bad, uh, moderation, but also um, like I had mentioned before, bread is the most widely consumed food in the world, and we need carbohydrates for energy, right? And yes, there's unhealthy versions of bread. People might have allergies too. Like, I, of course, you know, these things. But my point in this is that ancient grains, whole wheat, are good for you. They're heart healthy, and and they can do amazing things for you. They can bring nourishment. In fact, I brought this as well. I... Um, I don't know if you've heard of Ezekiel 4-9 bread, (laughs) Um, but I have to read this real quick. Ezekiel 4-9 sprouted grain bread is inspired by the Holy Scripture verse. Take also unto thee wheat and barley and beans and lentils and millet and spelt and put them in one vessel and make bread of it. We discovered when these six grains and legumes are sprouted and combined, an amazing thing happens. A complete protein is created that closely parallels the protein found in milk and eggs. This is a scientific thing happening right now, you guys. (laughs) In fact, the protein quality is so high that it is 84.3% as efficient as the highest recognized source of protein containing all nine essential amino acids. Okay, we're learning a lot today. There are 18 amino acids present in this unique bread. From all vegetable sources, naturally balanced in nature, Ezekiel 4.9 bread made from freshly sprouted organically grown grains is naturally flavorful, bursting with nutrients, rich in protein, vitamins, minerals, and natural fiber, and with no added fat. Try it served warm. Of course, it's going to give us that suggestion, right? Um, And then it says this biblical bread is truly the staff of life. (laughs) Probably more than you ever really wanted to know uh but i wanted to read that because it just kind of it 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 helps just bring to light that there's nourishment this the scripture was onto something right even people i, I don't know if they believe in the lord or like no but they created a company out of it and they're <laughs> they're selling some bread from it which is great so um but listen i believe that that jesus using this is saying yes bread brings nourishment just like people that were listening to him could identify oh okay, he's saying he's the bread of life. this bread what does it do in my life? Well one thing is it brings nourishment and I think that Jesus also wanted us to know that it brings spiritual nourishment as well because just as he's talking in the in the physical, there's that spiritual meaning as well. Jesus um, when he was sent into ministry, he was baptized and then and sent into the wilderness, and he fasted for 40 days, and the enemy came and tempted him, and the first temptation appeals to Jesus as God's son. If, if Jesus is God's son, surely he can miraculously provide bread or food for himself. He was really hungry at this point, and so Satan knowing this is like, hey, why don't you just, if you're really the son of God, why don't you actually just make bread for yourself? And Jesus responds by quoting scripture in Deuteronomy 8.3, and he says, one does not does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We can't live by earthly bread that only lasts so long. We live eternally and abundantly and spiritually by God's word. We are nourished by it. When we go to the word, when we spend time in the word and know it, that's how we're nourished. And that's what Jesus was pointing to in this. And so bread brings nourishment. Bread also, portable, <laughs> shareable, very simple, right? But But this kind of dawned on me. I was like, I didn't know if, as I was doing my research, if I would want to share this. But this is a major point, I think, especially for those that Jesus was talking to in the context of scripture. They needed something they could take with them on journey, on a journey to to walk somewhere. They needed something that was shareable, that they could pull apart and share with other people, with, with major communities that they were around. It was a different type of culture that we exist in today, right? So, this was huge. It was convenient. It was easy to share. And when we spend time with Jesus, it's not just for us. It's for us to share. It's for us to take with us and to have it overflow into our lives and toward other people. Right? I I loved that little piece to this. And thirdly, bread isn't meant to last for weeks, months, or even years. And if it is, then I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this Ezekiel bread, um, I had read online and stuff that you're, you're supposed to have it on your counter just for a little bit, but actually they encourage you to store it in the refrigerator um, or in the freezer because there's no preservatives. Um, preservatives aren't the best for us, and, um, and so it's not, suppo- it's not meant to last long. And, you know, carbs give us that boost of energy, but you can't depend on that same boost from that one time of eating something and gaining that boost for days, weeks on end, right? When God provided the bread from heaven for Israel in the wilderness, once they had left Egypt, uh, the manna, that bread from heaven that God gave them, if they tried to collect it and keep it for the next day, it was already rotten. It was just gone. It was meant to sustain them for that day. So I love this picture that Jesus is giving us, that yes, he's the bread of life that sustains us and gives us eternal life, again, in that moment. But also it's meant, He He relationship with him is meant to be daily and ongoing. To sustain and fill us each day. There's a, a pastor and a speaker, Havilah, Cunnington that talks about this when she says we weren't created to be fed once a month or twice a month you know sometimes it would be nice to even take weekends like this and to have that sustain you but that's not even what this is meant to do this is meant to celebrate community and to celebrate what God is already doing you and you, doing in you in your time with him throughout the week right but many times we switch it we don't see it like that We aren't satisfied from that one meal for a whole month or that four meals for the whole month. And when we face the enemy or we face challenges, we have to go to secondhand knowledge. And this is what she meant by that is basically what other people say or maybe what Instagram says. There's so many great memes, you know, that really could just speak into your life right now. (laughs) No, it's like, we look to Dr. Phil or to Oprah or to people that are these celebrities in our culture and we have this second-hand knowledge or even what other people say, but these don't fight to win. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, not just hearers. Creatively get the word in your life and, and do it. I love that, but it's also convicting, right? <laughs> But then we have something to fight with that's lasting, the word of God, that daily bread. Because secondhand knowledge will never equip us to do and accomplish what God has called us to. It just won't. It doesn't last, and it's not meant to last. But God's word and spending time with him, it does last. So as we wrap up this evening, I just want us to reflect on our own lives What's God saying to you tonight? What what is he prompting you? You know, maybe he's asking you to create margin in your life. Maybe he's showing you areas that need to go that have just overwhelmed you and have taken up time and it's just filler and it's just like an easy decision, but he's asking you to just cut that out of your life to create that margin. Maybe he's asking you to commit a specific time with him, no distractions. As as a, a mom that's, working a couple jobs and has a toddler and the home life and just all these things going into the holidays. I know that this is one area that I think the Lord is, I know the Lord is convicting me and it's like, yes, I do spend time with him every day, but I think I need to make it a little bit more distraction free. <laughs> He's calling me to making sure I get those times that are quiet, that are, yeah, distraction-free. And so I know that's something that, that I'm wanting to do more and more. Maybe he's asking you to stop asking for a sign before you trust him. Maybe he wants you to lay those worries down. Or maybe he's gently reminding you that the way that you're trying to fight a battle that you're facing isn't working because you're working off of limited resources. He's asking you to get rid of unhealthy habits, that bad manna, (laughs) that rotten bread that you've been trying to live off of, your own control, your own strength. Although that may get you so far, it it can't last, right? And allowing others or culture to dictate how you deal with a circumstance. Now, I don't... It's not bad to be able to get that advice and get that discernment um, from people and wise mentors. But what I'm talking about is that ongoing. Are you still spending time with Jesus? Do you know him? Do you know what he's saying? Do you know that truth that he's speaking to you, especially about your circumstances and your situation? When we take ownership of our spiritual lives and make time for creatively getting into the word, Jesus, our bread, having that be a daily thing, we see life become more abundant. We see life become more fulfilling and meaningful and purposeful. We're equipped to face challenges with his truth, to know where you stand, to know your values, and we're able to pour out into others as well, right? Because it's out of that relationship with him. And so would you just bow your heads with me and and close your eyes as we just wrap up together. I want to be able to pray for us. And if any of these things just apply to you, I would ask you just in faith to just raise your hand. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to make you do anything, really. I just want you to acknowledge that there's a hurriedness that's in your life. There's a distraction that's in your life. And I know that Jesus wants to meet us here. And I just want to pray for us. I want to pray for those that have raised their hands. And I want to be able to respond. Because I know that Jesus loves each and every one of us. He wants to meet us in a powerful way. But he also doesn't budge on his truth. (laughs) He calls us to see him in this light. He calls us to see him as the bread of life. And he wants to give that to us abundantly and willingly and daily. And so, Jesus, I thank you so much. I thank you for every single person in this room that you're working and ministering to us, God, in our hearts. I thank you that you came and you are Emmanuel. You're God with us. And as we're heading into this, this, this holiday season, with everything that comes with it, God, I pray that, that we be countercultural in a way that rests a little bit more, that is more present that we're more present with each other and and more importantly, present with you, listening to what you have to say, being patient and responsive to your Holy Spirit as you guide us, God. I pray over those that raise their hands that you would meet them, God. You are so faithful to meet us in our circumstances. You don't look at us with sympathy from above and say, oh, that must really be a bummer going through that. No, you have empathy you go down and you sit with us, Lord. So much so that you sent your son. You saw the dire need of our world. And you didn't turn a blind eye. But God, you had a plan in mind. And that plan was through your son, Jesus Christ. Who came fully God, fully human. And he died so that we may live, God. And I thank you for that because it's not just in his death, but in his resurrection that we find victory, that we find hope, that we find healing. All of these things are found in you, God, because of your son, Jesus. I thank you. I give you praise tonight. For meeting us here, Lord, and I pray that you would help us in this this coming week to just prompt us, Lord. Would you prompt our hearts to slow down, to hear you, to listen, to sit and have a meal (laughs) and not just fast food. Thank you, Lord. We just give you our focus and attention, and we pray these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, hey, thank you so much for letting me be able to share what God's placed on my heart this evening. It's always a joy to just be with our church family. Um, this is one little random thing too, that I just loved. As we go into this Christmas season, I, I I found out that the word Bethlehem means city of bread. Like, how cool is that? You know, i I just love it that Jesus cares so much about us. and as we celebrate this season, We get to see that how specific God was and intentional God was about sending his son to be born in Bethlehem, the city of bread. Um, And he's our bread of life. And so I'm just celebrating that, reflecting on that. And I just pray that you've been blessed tonight. Um, We're going to have a lot of fun. We've got some food out there. Let's go eat some bread if you can. That'd be great. But, hey, we've got some amazing events coming up, too, and so keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, God bless you guys, uh, and you're dismissed. For more information about Refinery Church, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at WeAreRefinery. If these messages have blessed you, please consider supporting the ministry by visiting our website at WeAreRefinery.com.